Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Reverend Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Huntley, and Cody is on vacation this week. If y'all remember last week, he said he was headed down to Florida. He's even going to be able to check out a Tampa Bay Rays game on Thursday. And uh, Cody, hope you're having a great vacation, and we'll see you back here next week. So I'm not doing this solo this week. Um, you're you're welcome for that. And um, I actually got a special guest host that I mentioned on the episode last week. I got uh, I got my buddy Parrish on here. Hey, Parrish, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Neil, what's up, man? Thank you for, for having me. Um, glad, glad to be back. Yeah, man. So we've had you on here before, obviously. We've talked NASCAR and other things like that. Um, and I've, I've told I told our listeners that, you know, me and you became buddies by working at Caswell together and have just kind of kept in contact ever since, which I'm very thankful for. And um, and so uh, if you don't mind, uh, tell, tell everybody a little bit more about yourself, like where you're from and what you do nowadays. Yeah, for sure, man. So I'm originally from uh, the Fayetteville area of North Carolina. Um, went to UNC Charlotte, and that's uh, obviously Neil went there as well. So we're both 49er alumni. Um, and then obviously, you know, we went, Neil worked at Caswell for, for a while, and I was there for uh, two years, uh, some, somewhere in that mix of when he was there for a while. Um, we got we got to know each other and just stayed in contact. And, I mean, I'm very thankful for your friendship, man, and uh, – Nowadays, uh, I'm actually so I'm as of right now I'm still the digital marketing director for a law firm in Raleigh. But as but next Wednesday I start a new job with a, a marketing firm in North Raleigh. So that's that's exciting. So there's some some changes I know you know about job changes, Neil, because we're both kind of going through the same thing right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Having to put in that two week <clears throat> notice and everything. So. But, the, but it's, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. Happy to talk a little bit of uh, Jesus and sports with you. Awesome, man. Also, I, now I appreciate you jumping on with me. And uh, if y'all notice, and I'll probably, I can hear it more in my head than y'all can probably hear it in years, but the uh, the second wave of the of the pollen has gotten to me this past week. <laughs> and so I may sound like I'm trying to talk like Johnny Cash, or I may sound like I'm trying to <laughs> talk through my nose. I don't know. But we're going to get through it nonetheless. Um, but I guess I'll kind of update y'all on what's going on, kind of, uh, going off what Parrish said, yeah, um, I've I've talked to people around me and, you know, hadn't really said it on here yet, but I did, um, in fact, put in my two weeks notice last week at Wingate University. Uh, my last day will be June the 4th, which is not uh, not tomorrow as the podcast airs, but next Friday will be my last day. Um, I'm starting a new job in July, or yeah, in July with my wife. We're going down to a new, new school in Waxhaw, North Carolina called North Point Christian Academy. Um, she's going to be teaching English. I'm going to be teaching science, and, and I couldn't be more excited. So I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, so just like you, Parrish, we're trying to figure things out, uh, getting rid of one job and moving on to another. For sure, man. A lot of a lot of prayer, but I believe that the Lord has uh, got us where he wants us, and he's leading us uh, both in our paths that we're going down. And I'm um, excited to see what the future holds for both of us, man. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, I'm fresh off a day trip to uh, Atlanta over the weekend. Um, that was it was a, it was a long ride to and from, but but man, that was my first Braves game in over eight years. And oh, wow. uh, I mean, you know, of course, I I watch them all the time. Amber and I, if they're if they're on if they're playing, they're on. Even I mean, even I got them on on the live stream on the on my laptop right now. And uh, <laughs> and I'm sure Amber's watching them as she's doing whatever she's doing in the living room too. Uh, but you know, it's my first time I've been to Atlanta to see a Braves game in over eight years and talk about getting the full experience. We went and ate lunch at the varsity, which, you know, is just a staple of Atlanta Oh yes. and, uh, rode through Georgia tech, which is a beautiful campus. 
And then we drove over to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is just intimidating to look at. I mean, I I thought the Georgia Dome was big, and the Georgia Dome was big, but compared to what is now in the place of the Georgia Dome, man, that that place is so ginormous. It was like it was – I was nervous just driving beside it. (laughs) I don't want to look at it wrong. I know. Seriously, I mean, I – let alone the size of the stadium that the Mercedes emblem has the biggest Mercedes emblem I've ever seen in my life oh, on the side, 100%. on the side of the stadium. <laughs> but then we, we, uh, we took the, I think it's I-75 back up to uh, Cobb County, which is where Truist Park is. And, uh, which is nice that it's out of downtown Atlanta, but the place that the, the little town in which that, uh, the, the park is, you would think it's downtown just because of how busy it is. And there's so many skyscrapers around it just by itself. I mean, Atlanta is such a huge city that people don't really realize it because used to, when you think of Atlanta, you would think downtown where Turner field was and where, oh, yeah. the, where Mercedes Benz stadium is. But I mean, it's, it's so huge because you can look off in the distance when you're downtown and see skyscrapers that that are five minutes up the road and it's got a completely different part of town. But, oh, yeah. uh, but we even got the full experience of crossing the Chattahoochee river on the way up to the stadium, <laughs> which I just thought was hilarious because we were, we were conveniently listening to Chattahoochee when we crossed the Chattahoochee river. <laughs> and, uh, that was, I mean, I, me and my brother-in-law, Greg, who went with me, uh, we, we got a good kick out of that. Then got to the ballpark, and, of course, we saw Ronald Acuna hit a home run first pitch in the first inning, and I, I told my brother-in-law, I said, man, we can leave now. That was <laughs> we, we, I've got the full experience today, and uh, but that, that was an awesome trip, and I'm excited to go back later on in July with Scott as we go watch him play two games against Tampa Bay, which will be fun for sure. Heck yeah. Um, Heck yeah but we got a, we got a good show lined up. Um, it, it'll be a little short one to, tonight or today whenever you're, you're listening listen to this on your phones. But uh, we got a short little double play Devo coming up about some summer goals that we can all try to reach. And then we got uh, NFL news. We got a recap of the NASCAR race at Coda, or the very wet race at Coda. And then we got NBA playoffs. And we're going to talk a little bit of college baseball. So you ready, Parrish? Yes, sir. I am, Neil. All right. Let's get started. Yes, sir. All right, y'all, welcome to this week's uh, Double Play Devo. Um, I've got the Devo this week, and Parrish is going to stick around with us throughout the whole episode, which I'm very thankful for. And uh, Parrish, uh, I was kind of reiterating what I talked with the youth on Sunday about is, uh, you know, used to, and it's, it's not as prominent as it as it was a few years ago, especially when we were both working at uh, Caswell. You remember there used to be always hashtag goals. It was either hashtag couple goals, hashtag summer goals, hashtag, you know, fitness goals. There was always some kind of goals. You remember that? I do, man. I remember those hashtag casual couples and hashtag ca- oh. couple goals no, and yes. things like that. No, <laughs> oh, yes. And, you know, if uh, if you were on summer staff like me and Parrish were, um, hashtags could get a little out of hand sometimes down there. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so... But uh, but I was I was talking to the youth on Sunday night and wanted to talk to to y'all about you know let's have some some summer goals as uh, as Christians this this uh, this summer. So when I think of summer, I think of two months basically. Um, as as hot as it as it's feeling right now, it might as well be summer now. So just say from from today, which is when it's when this podcast comes out, will be May twenty seventh. So from May twenty seventh to 
August 27th. So that's, that's three months. I'll give you three months to almost fall to get these summer goals done. And I'll explain the importance of them as I'm going along too. Um, the first goal that I would like for all of us to meet is uh, read at least four books of the Bible before August 27th. Um, and I notice I didn't say, you know, four uh, specific books. If you want to read the four shortest ones in Scripture and that's what you need to do to get started, by all means, do it. I'm not going to tell you to read Genesis, Romans, and Revelation and then tell me what you just learned. Because so, <laughs> you got to read those a few times to get the full to get the full experience. But just get into Scripture. If you need to read, like I said, if you need to find First and Second Thessalonians and you know the the short little letters that Paul wrote to to churches, by all means, read those first. That's a good way to at least have an appetizer of Scripture. Um, I don't know about you, Parish, but that's when I feel pretty close to God's when I'm reading His actual Word. Oh, yes, sir, man, hundred percent. I mean, I feel like um, one of the most important times of my day is my quiet time and being just being able to spend the time whether it's in the word or it's in prayer and just being able to feel that connection with the lord um especially i mean i know we're both going through transition periods right now but leaning on the lord and, and just having that time with him has been what has got me through these last these last uh, few days man and I, I know that you've um gone through the same thing and i mean i agree with you 100 percent when it comes to uh, feeling that connection when you're in the Lord, when you're in God's word and you're spending time with him in prayer daily. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it kind of it kind of went right along with what I was thinking about for this lesson, this devotion here is what uh, our pastor um, Barry talked about on Sunday. Um, he was talking about, you know, don't just take don't just don't take my word for it. You know, you and when it comes to your personal walk with Christ, don't just take anybody's word for for your faith. Like, don't base your faith just off what the preacher says Sunday morning. You know, it's good to hear that stuff, but it's it's even better for you to dive in and go back and read what he was just talking about. That way you get exactly what God wants you to get out of that scripture and out of that reading. Because, I mean, it's just kind of like the game of telephone where, you know, you tell one person one thing about the time it gets to the other side, it could, you know, be completely different. You know, I, I could read, me and you could read the exact same passages of scripture and get two different things out of it not that we're you know misunderstanding it but we could pick up on a few different things and that's that's where we can learn together and build each other up too and you know because it says in scripture that you know the word of god is perfect and it's and it's 100% god and so when it's 100% god it's 100% true there's no you know, if you if you read the words right there, there's no gray. It's, it's black and white, right? And, and sometimes and sometimes red in the New Testament. Um, <laughs> but you know, there there's no there's no getting it twisted if you're sitting there and reading it yourself. Now, if you're getting it misunderstood and you need to talk to somebody about it, that's one thing. But you basing your faith off simply just what you see on a live stream or just what you hear on a podcast throughout the week, that's not a good root root system for your faith. Your root system needs to be your personal study, your personal relationship with God, and other stuff It just feeds those roots and fertilizes and builds those roots up until you grow, are growing strong in your walk with Christ. So I think, I think starting out reading four books is, is, is a really good goal to reach. Um, I was talking with one of my senior students this past uh, weekend when we took them out for their graduate dinner on Friday night that uh, she said she's been trying to read through the whole Bible in a year. And it can get really tough. And I know that's a really tough goal to, to meet because it, you can just get exhausted, especially reading some of those Old Testament books where it's just oh goodness, this yes. person was, was son of this person and so on and so on. <laughs> and uh, 
But she said that she had started in Genesis in in January, and she's in John. So she's made it oh, through wow. the Old Testament, which I was just amazed by. Not that I didn't think she could do it, but just to sit there and, and to devote that time to read from Genesis to John, and it's May, is just phenomenal. And so I hope hopefully she sticks with it, especially with her starting at Winget in the fall and things like that. But, you know, that just really encouraged me to encourage the rest of them to get in the scripture. Because once you read maybe four, you'll want to read four more after that and four more after that. And so if you want to get a good, true basis of your faith, dive right on into scripture. That's the perfect word of God. And you won't hear anybody else's opinion about it until after you read it. So um, a second goal that I encourage all y'all to try to meet, and I want to meet it myself, is devote 20 minutes a day to God, whether that's through reading, whether that's through just straight up prayer, or whether that's through worship. Um, and it doesn't have to be 20 minutes at one time. It can be, it can accumulate over the day. Like if you need 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes before you go to bed, however you need to do it, but just 20 minutes a day. It sounds a lot at first, but you know, Parrish, how, how easy is it for, especially me and you to send each other funny tweets for 20 minutes a day? I mean, it's simple. It's very easy. Yeah. Super easy. I mean, if, if we probably kept a record of it, it's probably more than 20 minutes a day. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, I can't tell you how many times, especially during break at work or at lunch break where I'm you know, sitting on my phone, either trying to find funny TikToks to show Amber before we go to bed or (laughs) something like that, where I can just start funny stuff to send you or James or Scott or anybody. When, you know, when I could take a portion of that time away and devote it to God and things would just come so much better, so much smoother. You know, Um, it says in the book of James that, you know, if we draw near to God, he's going to draw near to us. Okay, because as because God doesn't move. Uh, I've used the illustration before that you know God's in the driver's seat, we're in the passenger seat, and and you know that's 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 our doing whether we scoot closer to Him or scoot further away, and uh, He He doesn't move because He's the one driving. So when we draw near to God, it, we feel Him draw near to us because we're moving closer to Him. So if we make the effort to devote that time to God, whether that's prayer, whether that's scripture reading, whether that's just listening to worship music and doing absolutely nothing else besides just sitting there and just meditating on that word. Um, I feel like, you know, stuff would just come much smoother as a guy that I I won't, you know, try to hide it. I, I struggle with stress. I struggle with anxiety sometimes, you know, when I, when I, when I feel that creeping up, I call on to God and it's all of a sudden I'm, I'm taking a deep breath out of nowhere, nowhere. And I'm feeling so much better just because I'm, I know that I'm not trying to do it on my own. And uh, what what have you gotten out of your your quiet times and your 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 times during the day with God like that? Man, honestly, like I'm going to agree with you on the stress part of it. Um, I stress and I'll worry just about even just the littlest thing. And I mean, when I feel that coming on, like I'd stop whatever I'm doing, unless I'm obviously like in a meeting or something crazy like that. But the next break I get, I immediately take the time to call out to the Lord, whether it's prayer or, you know, I have certain worship songs that I like to listen to if I get really stressed. Um, and one thing, honestly, that I've found that really works for me um, in the morning before I get started with work, before I even turn on my laptop or do anything, I, I want to I do at least a quick devotional in the morning. And then in the evenings after I'm done with my shower and like eat dinner, uh, sit down and I pick back up whichever, with, with whichever book that I was reading last. I'm 
reading back through the old old testament right now so some of those books can take a can take more than than one sit down but um i feel like man um just anytime you i know a lot of people struggle with stress and anxiety and worry but anytime you get that feeling just call out to the lord man he, he will give you a peace that just passes all understanding he will be there with you and it just it's it's just like a big blanket coming over you that just makes you feel so much better and lets you know that hey you're not doing whatever is going on alone like the lord's with you he's gonna guide your footsteps he's gonna lead you it's just it's just very comforting man oh yeah absolutely I, you know i i can't not think of this story when i think about you know devoting time to god each day um it wasn't too long ago that um i had applied to work uh, for the carolina panthers on their grounds team and um and you know i was kind of excited about that to see if that was a potential opportunity and um it, a few weeks went by and actually cody and i were working on a podcast over at the house it was a rainy day so i had the day off and cody came over here as we recorded at the house just for a little change of scenery and all of a sudden i got a phone call from the head groundskeeper of the carolina panthers and you know my my mind went crazy and you know he just talked we talked through some things and he asked me if i would be interested and i said yeah absolutely he said well you know he had a few of the guys to call and he would have a decision by the end of the week but he just wanted to let me know i was on his list and i got off phone with uh, with him and i was very excited and thought that would be really cool and after cody and i got done and i got off by myself and off to my own thoughts the most anxious feeling came over to me like you know good and well you can't miss sundays in the fall you know good and well where you're supposed to be you you know you you felt the call to ministry to to be there for the youth on sundays and you know to be there for your son on sundays too yeah. to be an example for that as well you know good and well that <laughs> this this, this ain't going to work out and you know and so every time i tried to justify it or like be like oh you know it's just for the fall and things like that i would just get the most nervous feeling over me and I would just, I finally just decided just to go into our closet and pray about it. And every time I would pray about it, I could just feel God saying, it's okay that this is not, this is not it. You know, it's, yeah. you know, you may think this is what you want and you might have, you might even enjoy it for a, a few weeks, but I know good and well that this is not it for you, even though it seems so appealing. And thankfully the guy never called me back and never offered me the job. And I'm so glad that, you know, God kind of steered me away from even having to make that decision. So, sure. but I just remember, you know, if I didn't have God in that situation, I'd have drove myself crazy, you know, just oh, yeah. thinking about it over and over and over again. And I'm, and you know, and when I got the job offer from North point, I had nothing like that at all. It was the most peaceful thing. And also because I, I knew to immediately start praying about it and not trying to justify things in my head. And it was just the immediate and exact opposite of what it felt when I had the groundskeeper from the Panthers call me. Although that was a pretty cool moment. <laughs> I won't yeah, lie I about imagine. that. So, but yeah, prayer time works, y'all. Uh, the quiet time works. Uh, and don't do it just because I tell you to. Do it because we're, 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 we're designed to do that. We're designed to devote time to God. We're there to not only, you know, listen to him and to, you know, sometimes vent to him when we need to. Um, we're also there to show thankfulness. You know, I use the illustration of, you know, our, our parents know that we're getting a certain, especially when we're younger, our parents know that they're getting us a certain toy for Christmas. We don't know it's coming yet, but they know something good's coming. 
And so just like, just like that in our walk with Christ, God knows that these great blessings are coming our way, and we just don't know it yet. And so it, as much joy as it brings our parents to give us or give kids those toys on Christmas, um, it gives them even more joy to see the kid enjoying it and being thankful for it, you know? And it's kind of like, you know, when we give gifts to, especially like when we give gifts to our, our wives parish, you know, we enjoy getting them and giving them the gift, but we enjoy it more when we see them enjoying it. You know, we get more joy out of that for sure. And just like when God gives us blessings, he loves to do that. But I, I honestly think he gets more joy out of seeing us being thankful to him for it and, and giving him glory through the blessings when, you know, sometimes good things can come our way and we think that we just earned it from our personal hard work. But so devote that time in your prayer time to show thankfulness, show reverence to God. And uh, you'll get you'll get so much more out of that than you than you think. Um, The last point is really short and I'll close it with this is just to fellowship fellowship with your brothers and sisters this this summer um this is more so for y'all that are younger in age uh that you know maybe have more time on your hands to hang out but you know it's it's it is tempting to, especially in the summertime if you're off to to just stay in the house all day you know sleep until 10 or 11 o'clock and sometimes later i, I remember those good days i, I it'd be yes. it'd be illegal for me to do that nowadays <laughs> but just just get out there Enjoy that time with your with the people that that you're hanging out with, because especially if you're younger, especially if you're between the ages of probably 14 and 22, you know, this this is like probably one of the more social times of your life where you are able to get out more. And it's not the same when you get older, you get held back. You just have a different way of living and different perspective and different priorities. But don't stay cooped up in the house all summer. If you are off and if you, if you are the ones, uh, the lucky ones that are off in the summertime, go out there and fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Enjoy that time together, build each other up, hold each other accountable on their quiet time and maybe diving in scripture too. And do like me and Cody do every now and then and just do mental checks on each other. It's always good to, to make uh, Hey, how are you doing more than a rhetorical question? So, but, uh, those are the three challenges that I'm doing for myself this summer um, Parish, I, I think we, before we hit record, I think you said you might try to do them too. And, sure. uh, and uh, I hope the, the listeners can, can benefit from that as well. Um, but that's all I got for the Devo this week. Uh, Parrish, you ready to talk some sports? Yeah, man, I sure am. All right, man, let's do it. Yes, sir. All right, y'all, it's sports time. Time to update y'all on the week that was in the world of sports. This is... The weekly, the weekly score. score. There you go. Hey, look at there. I figured. I figured you were going to want me to do that. You so. got your practice in. I'm so proud of you. How about that, man? You, you, you are a natural. How about that? Cody said not to replace him, but you know this is tempting. Oh, man. I don't know. Those, those are big <laughs> shoes to fill. He he is the grand. He is the the grandmaster when it comes to all this. I so I mean, you know, the edit the editing part this week will be very subpar. I'm going to hear that. <laughs> But, uh, but hopefully, he, hopefully he'll enjoy the content as he is for sure. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, let's let's talk. Let's start out. Well, I was going to say let's start out talking some left turns, but they did more left turns this past weekend. Um, let's talk about some NASCAR first, uh, Parish. So we had the uh, the first inaugural race at uh, or NASCAR inaugural race at Circuit of the Americas, which is Coda for short, in Austin, Texas. Um, that was a twenty turn road course. 
with a front stretch that included 133 uh, 133 foot elevation uphill into the first little hairpin turn and you know this this race had a lot of hype to it and uh i think you know majority would say it was almost a fail what 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 are your thoughts on this race yeah man um you know kudos to nascar for you know doing this and racing at a circuit like coda i mean coda is a beautiful track i'd say it's the most american or most european like circuit we have over here um it's beautiful state-of-the-art but i'd I don't know, man. I just, I feel like the truck race was really good because the trucks are slower. Um, but I just feel like the cup cars going around Coda, like it was cool to see them racing in the rain. Um, but obviously with the wrecks that they had and just, it, it didn't seem like NASCAR really put driver safety in the forefront, especially after they yep. had that first big wreck and then they could have drive the track. And then we had that second big wreck. Um, and also, I just don't think that Coda is made for big, heavy stock cars. I personally feel like it's it's made for n- more nimble open wheel cars like F one, Indy Indy car. But I mean, it was it was cool to see. Um, I don't know how I feel about NASCAR potentially going back. I mean, I think they will just see how the next gen car does. Um, but overall, I mean, I'd say it was it was okay <laughs> yeah, it was I, okay. I, yeah i would say that too i mean the the rain did play a role for entertainment value but for safety it was pretty scary to watch i mean yeah. <laughs> you, you think about the wrecks that happened especially with bubba and kevin harvick that was a pretty scary wreck and the one that was the most scary for me to see on tv was uh custer getting in the back of uh truex i mean he nailed him yeah. Yeah, he hit him. He hit him going. Truex had slowed down to what, probably like ninety, and Custer hit him going about one hundred and thirty. Yeah, like God. I've never seen the back end of a car just take off like that. You oh know, yeah, I, I didn't know if he was going to going to do a, a a huge just front flip out of nowhere yeah. or or what. But that was that was one of the most intense wrecks that you know you could obviously tell that Custer could not see at all. Oh, hundred percent. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm all for NASCAR attempting to race in the rain a whole lot more than they. And they used to, I mean, used to, if there was even, you know, uh, 98% humidity over 97, they would just call the race, <laughs> yep. but you know, they're, they're trying. And I think that there's still a lot of trying to be done before they really get this bit nailed down. Um, hopefully on these next gen cars next year, the, uh, the wipers, uh, they, they start working and they keep working through the whole yeah. day. Yep. That's um, a big one. cause I mean, <laughs> tell you what, it's, it's hard to, uh, to do those wipers and go 170 at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So, because there, there's points on that on that racetrack at Coda where you know they have to bob and weave through the little hairpin turns, but then the the back stretch they can fly down that back stretch, which open, is man. it's in, it's intended for them to go fast. Oh yeah. But uh, I I think for two reasons they'll go back at least one more time. Is one the next gen obviously to see how that handles doing right and left turns. Which, I mean this this generation of stock cars, just like previous generations, they're just not meant to turn right that good. I mean they're mm-hmm. just not. No matter what build you put on them, I know all these teams have, you know, a few short track cars. They have some road course cars, and they have like mm-hmm. super speedway cars. Um, the, the, even the ones that are built for the road course, they're they're just not the best at turning right, it's just because they're not built that way. So maybe maybe with something you know built into the uh, the next gen cars, which uh, you know it's just a whole other conversation in and of itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe maybe that'll be maybe that'll be a better situation and i think you know it would have been a whole different outcome if it wouldn't have been raining 
Oh, um, yeah. if you if you get it out there on a sunny sunny a seventy five day in Austin, Texas, I think we have a way more entertaining race. Yeah, and you know, me and you joked about the the if y'all did watch the race, y'all know what happened. If you didn't, they ended up calling the race with what Paris like fifteen laps left. Yeah, it was like fourteen or fifteen or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so they had a caution, and I knew from the get go once I heard caution, especially when you told me that the way it kept raining, and I was like, yeah, they're not going to finish this race. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they called the race, and Chase Elliott won the race because he was in first when they called it. So that means all every Hendrick driver is now locked into playoffs. Uh, which is just an amazing feat in and of itself. You know, I thought Chase would get a get a win uh, in a little bit different way than just yeah. kind of said, "Here, here, here's the trophy." Since you were winning when we called it, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, this just adds on to to Chase's record. I mean, there's not, there's not going to be an an asterisk beside this win. It's a win's a win in NASCAR. You know, he he passed all the stuff, and now, like I said, every Hendrick guy is in the playoffs. You know, Chase was the last guy in, on, in Hendrick's team to, to not have a win. And we knew pretty much he was going to get in anyway. It was just okay. a matter of, of when, not if. And, you know, what do you see going going forward with, with Hendrick? Do you think they're just going to keep this running? And, you know, well, I mean, what what are the odds of uh, of the Final Four being an all-Hendrick thing? I mean, I think I think I don't see any reason why they would stop. I mean, I, honestly, what's crazy is – it. If I feel like if the race would have went green yesterday, Chase probably would have ran out and then Larson would have won. And I feel like Larson has been the – he's been consistently the best Hendrick car. Um, I don't know if they'll get all four in. I could definitely see um, them getting two or three. Um, just the, the one thing that kind of throws me off is the 48 of Bowman. Like, I feel like, yeah, he has two wins, but I feel like they've been a borderline top ten car the majority of the season and they've just kind of been in the right place at the right time which, I mean, that's what you got to do. Um, but if I had to pick the three that I think would make it to the Final Four, it would be the nine, the 24, and the five. And I think right now, man, Larson is probably – I'd say he's probably the hottest driver in NASCAR right now. Like, and, I, I mean, he's – I mean, he finished second again. He's finished second, I feel like, every week. <laughs> yes, third in a row. Yeah, third in a row, third in a row. And, I mean, now we're going to, you know, the 600, which is – a mind-numbingly boring race, I feel like, most of the time. <laughs> um, and, I mean, Hendrick's always strong at Charlotte. You know, Chase won there last year. I feel like one of their four drivers could easily win this weekend, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and you talk about the 600 being a very long race, which is, it's in fact, 600 miles. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I went to one six hundred, and that was my first race that I can remember. And that was a six-and-a-half-hour race that <laughs> – you know, I hope never repeats itself, but uh, yes. I, I would love to go to one of these where I probably would, you know, have a, a pit pass or something long like that. But I think that's the only, only way you're going to get me back to a 600 is if I have something like a more than just a go sit and watch the race experience, <laughs> you know, something yes. like that. So because, I mean, man, this this is a marquee race. Don't get me wrong. This is like one of, when you think NASCAR. You think, you know, Daytona 500, you think you may think Bristol, you might think mm-hmm. Talladega. You have to include the 600 in that conversation, oh, yeah. too. It's just one of those staple marquee events um, in NASCAR. And it, it always has been and it always will be. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you, you got guys like Larson tearing it up. You got guys like uh, Truex Jr. tearing it up, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, who, William Byron. Byron, absolutely. Yeah. And it is, he's impressive. Um and then you got other teams struggling, like Stuart Haas. Where has Stuart Haas been this year? Nowhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, 
Chase Briscoe had his best finish of the year, uh, his best, best finish of his career this past weekend at Coda, which I was thoroughly impressed with because oh, yeah. he, he does road courses fairly well. I mean, he won the road course uh, race at Indianapolis last year, yeah. which was very impressive, especially that being the first time they ever ran on that course. Um, but other than that, that's about all the excitement that Stuart Haas has had minus one of their owners kept making his own, you know, racing division somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, um, but you have, you have them and then you have the, with Penske, you have, um, whoa, just lost his name. Logano. Uh, he's, yep. he, he's about the only one doing much over there. And you got Keselowski who, who knows what he's going to do next year. So, yeah. I mean, you know, what a better time for Hendrick to dominate in, in a year than a year like this, you know? Yeah. So, it's crazy, man, because Jimmy Johnson, did he leave a year too early? Like, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's, he's an Indy car right now, barely staying on the lead lap, finishing 21st, 22nd out of a 23-car field. Like, he's got to be wondering, like, man, if I would have just stuck around one more year, like, what could what could have been? Yeah, because look, look where the 48 car's been this year in victory yep. lane three times. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's it just shows you how – a year's difference can just mean the world to a team. It can it can better them for for the whole season, or it can be your worst nightmare. It seems oh, like yeah. what it is with Stuart Haas right now. Because I mean, oh, yeah. last year it was you know it was a battle between Harvick and Denny who was going to win the race, yeah. and last year and you know both of them just kind of ran out of gas at the end, and you know you know as as a somewhat appreciative fan of of Hendrick Motorsports, I do keep the keep the blue ovals above it all, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I can't help but appreciate what they got going on over there just because oh, yeah. you know, I, I grew up a Jeff Gordon fan and, you know, I got some, some Hendrick stuff in my, in my room just from where my dad's done business with them growing up and stuff like that. So I can't help but clap for them when they do well. Sure. And, it's, and it's really cool to see the whole team dominating and not just one guy, you know? Oh yeah. For so, sure, man. I, they, have a, I have a quick hot take about the 600. Sure. Um, I think that they should keep it at 600, but I think they should make it kilometers um, which would which would boil down to about three hundred and seventy five miles, which would be a lot more bearable than six hundred miles. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they'd ever do that. Um, just because it's a as you said a crown jewel race and it's one that everybody thinks of when they think of NASCAR, but that would make it a lot easier for me to go back to a six hundred. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I remember when I went to that race and that was two thousand and. 13 i believe that oh, was, was that my, the camera cable one it sure was so you, oh, cause we, were, we were headed up there um with, with i was with my dad and we were with the, we were with uh the guy that was the pastor in mount beulah at the time he's passed away now his name is steve forsyth um awesome dude he he actually had the connection to get us the tickets and called me and dad the the thursday or friday before and said are y'all going anywhere for memorial weekend we're like no he said i got tickets to the coke 600 y'all want to go i looked at dad i said oh yes (laughs) (laughs) so you know on the way up there dad kept saying you know you know this is gonna be a long race so you know if if you get bored or if it just ain't hitting right we we can leave and it'll be okay you know it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings and stuff like that i said i don't care i I want i want to see i want to see because that time i was i was cheering for harvard because we had just me and him just went to the stewart haas racing shop because he did some business with them and we got to see like all the ins and outs of stewart haas racing and and see harvard's car getting worked on and that, that that time danica was driving the 10 car and uh, Tony was still driving the 14, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Kyle, uh, no, Kurt Busch was driving Kurt the 41. Yeah. yeah. So that was a really cool team to to see, you know. Heck yeah. And so I was like, I, I want to see Harvick win. I don't care. I just want to see him win. And we we got there, 
And yeah, that's when the camera fell off the cable, which was yep. one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen with my own eyes. Yep. Because we were sitting there watching it, and I was almost like in shock that the cable was on the on the on the track, laid over the the um the retaining wall and the fence, yep. and we you had people which my my dad calls it in the chicken bone section down low, <laughs> where they're throwing chicken bones all over each other. They were yep. grabbing the cable, trying to pull it off the track with cars coming at them at 150, 160 miles oh, an hour. Yep. And my I remember I I mean I was I was eighteen, nineteen years old. Okay. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen stuff, you know, not like bad stuff, you know, but I was, you know, I was a grown, you know, teenager, almost adult. And my dad covered my eyes like I was eight years old. And oh, yeah. he, cause he covered my eyes. He said, there are some things in this life that you cannot unsee. Yeah. And he, he was just expecting the worst. And thankfully nobody got hurt. It could have went completely wrong. It could have been, it could have been tragic, devastating. Somebody could have, honestly, somebody could have got killed. Oh, and, but but they didn't. They got the cable off, and that was you know the huge delay. And then since the race started at six thirty, Kevin Harvick crossed the finish line at twelve thirty, and you know it was six hours long. But you know, that was at least at least Harvick won at the. I was at least Harvick won for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I was I was very happy about that. I thought it was very yeah, cool, man. and that's what kind of resparked my whole interest in NASCAR, which it could have been the exact opposite if that whole camera cable went. If it went a different way. <laughs> oh, jeez. So yeah, so yeah, that was interesting to say the least. For sure, man. And I but mean, yeah. Go ahead. I, if I'm if I'm taking someone to their first race, the 600, like I took one of my buddies to the 600 in 2017 for his first race, and I I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> because that was not a good idea because there was a rain delay in the middle of it, and we didn't get home till like 4 a.m. Man, oh jeez, I haven't been back to a 600 since then. I don't know if I will in in the next few years, but I mean it's it's fun to. I mean, Memorial Day weekend, you know, how patriotic it is, the pre-race show and everything, but it's just so long. And Charlotte is such a boring mile and a half track, man. Oh, oh yeah. You, you, yeah. You're, you're not wrong. It was yep. it was fun and exhilarating <laughs> to drive around with Dad for his birthday on that NASCAR race experience. But, yeah, they can just get spaced out. And, you know, hopefully it'll be more interesting than what it has been in years past. But more likely, give it about to about lap, lap 15, and they're just going to be pacing each other. So we'll yep. see what happens. So. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> All right, man. So let's talk some NFL news while we got you on. Um, yeah. Quick story as we get into this. Uh, well, I guess we can make it quick, but we could also probably harp on it for a little bit too. Um, Julio Jones, he has been in the news here recently, which he's kind of been here and there in the past few off seasons about, is he going to stay in Atlanta? Is he frustrated with the way the team's going? Things like that. But this this offseason, he has made a huge splash in trade rumors, especially since he had a nice little phone conversation with Shannon Sharp on Undisputed over the weekend. Um, if y'all didn't see it, um, Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones <laughs> live on air, and Julio did not know that it was live on air. Um, and he simply asked Julio, um, what's going on? Are you going to Dallas? Or are you staying in Atlanta? And he, quote, said, quote, I'm out of there talking about yep. Atlanta. So he said that live on national television on FS1 that he is out of Atlanta. And so, you know, Shannon Sharp's catching flack about that. The Falcons, they've had to make a statement about it. I'm sure Julio Jones has had something to say about it. But it seems like it's official that he's he, he he's 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 not um, going anywhere just yet. But he's definitely not staying in Atlanta. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I saw that thing from what Shannon, Shannon Sharp called him. I thought it was a joke at first, um, but man, 
yeah, I think I think Julio is going to go somewhere else. But where do you what what like what would be the I guess optimal trade destination for him? You think Neil? Well, yeah, um, and and this kind of goes along exactly with what I'm thinking. I have an NFL.com article. This is straight up from NFL.com's website. Um, number one, New England Patriots. I mean, he's always talking mm-hmm. about wanting to play with Cam Newton. And yeah. even even when Cam was in Carolina, he mentioned about how he would enjoy that, you know. And people in Charlotte went crazy because not only would we would they got Julio Jones, they would have stole the player from Atlanta, which would have been hilarious, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I mean, that would make some sense, you know. Cam's Cam's basically in the prove it year, and if he's not, then if he's done, you know, who's right behind him and Mac Jones. And oh, so, yeah. what what better reason to give Cam to go out this year than to have um have Julio Jones as his number one? Because, yeah. I mean, right now, he doesn't really have a number one, especially with Edelman gone as well. For sure. Um, as of right now on NFL.com, for the second best option, they have Julio going to the Cleveland Browns with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Baker Landry. Mayfield, which when you mm-hmm. keep naming names like that, you wonder how in the world they can afford him to, to get him there with all, for real? all the cap. Um, what would a team have to give up? Probably like a second or oh, at least a, a second. second. I don't know if a, yeah. I don't know if a first would be necessary with his age, but yeah. it would have to be a couple second rounders. Second, no, yeah. no doubt about like it. Two, like a second, a third, or two seconds, or something, or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the, the third ranked team is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, for one for one simple reason, Carson Wentz. Carson you know, Wentz. Yep. You <laughs> know they they got they got uh, Michael Pittman Jr. They got T. Y. Hilton. Um, they got uh, a sturdy offensive line, but you know they they might be missing one more piece because as good as T. Y. Hilton is, he's not the build for a number one receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's that slot, he's that Curtis Samuel's type of guy, and sure. um, and you know having a big number one with Carson Wentz, who's out there wanting to prove his worth in a new city, new fresh slate. Why not get him, Julio Jones? Yeah. Um, number four would be San Francisco 49ers, number five, the Raiders, and I think that's all of them they have on NFL.com. So, you know, I think I think the Raiders is kind of a stretch just because who knows what's going on in Vegas with them. Um, yeah. the, the 49ers, if if they want to give Trey Lance a chance to shine, they might as well get him a, a veteran receiver in Julio, somebody along those lines. But I have to agree with NFL.com. Um, the Patriots would make the most sense, especially with that connection that he has with Cam Newton, for sure. For sure. And I feel like that would be – honestly, man, it would be awesome to see Cam have a have a big weapon like Julio Jones. Um, I still I still have a soft spot in my heart for Cam. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I want to be excited for Julio going somewhere else, but I think I'd be more excited if this was like three or four years ago. Oh, um, I Because I, I think agree. with the way the Falcons have gone – and you know, you know, we can pick on the Falcons all day just because we're Panther fans. But <laughs> even from a Falcons fan standpoint, that team has just declined over the years. Oh, ever, yeah. ever since, and you know, it's a joke, but it's you know, seriously. Then ever since, ever since twenty-eight to three, they have never gotten over that Super Bowl. Nope. Literally, that they, they, they're still in a Super Bowl hangover from twenty-eight to three loss, the, blown to that lead. And they've just been on a steady decline since. And you've heard less and less about Matt Ryan. You've heard less and less about Julio Jones. So, oh, yeah. you know, this could be a resurgence in his career and extend his career longer than it might be in Atlanta. Um, but keeping on with NFL, um, and this has kind of been in the news for a few weeks, but we hadn't really mentioned it on the podcast. You know, the NFL has um, lacked up on their on their number rules. You know, they used to they had number restrictions for certain positions could wear certain numbers and things like that. But now it's almost wide open to everybody except for offensive and defensive alignment. Well, offensive alignment mainly. I mean, yeah. But uh, you know, what what are your thoughts on all these players changing the numbers, Parrish? 
I think it's awesome, man. Uh, you know, DJ Moore going from 12 to 2. That's um, all where Brian Burns posted something where someone photoshopped him in the number nine jersey. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of other ones that have done it. Uh, I think was it Patrick Peterson did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who else can't? Um, you got Baker. Peterson, Baker moved to number three. Yeah. Um, Jake, I'm scrolling uh, down some right now. Emmanuel Sanders moved to number one. Yep. And Trubisky's going to be 10 on Buffalo. Um, you saw where um, Danny Slay, yeah, Fournette's changing yep. his number. Yep. Uh, Jalen Hurts switched to number one for the quarterback for the mm-hmm. Eagles, which opened up number two. And Darius Slay is taking number two. Number two, yeah. Um, yeah Kyle uh, Pitts is going to be number eight. Mm-hmm. Which that's yep. that's the craziest one I've seen so far. Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm used to single digits on receivers and running backs, and even defense linemen in college. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not used to single digits on a, on a tight end. <laughs> no, that, honestly, I just saw the tweet on this article, and it looks weird seeing a tight end wearing number eight. It looks very weird. But, you it know, does. for somebody like him to wear eight, that, oh, I mean, as much as I pick on the Falcons, and, you know, yeah. I, 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 and, you know I cheer for the Braves, of course, but you know, mm-hmm. that's the only team in Atlanta I cheer for. That's the only drawback about the, about the Braves is that they play in Atlanta. But um, but that that Photoshop of him wearing number eight with the with the Falcons that's that looks awesome. I'm all that for does that. Look awesome, man. 100%. That's pretty sweet. He's gonna be a monster. So yeah, I'm all for this number change stuff. I think it gives the players more more room to kind of express themselves in ways they didn't they couldn't before. Because you've seen you've seen ways that they have done this in the preseason, but then they'll change their number when regular season starts. Right, um, right. Like I think Deshaun Jackson, he's worn number one in the preseason for as long mm-hmm. as I can remember, yeah, uh, because they 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 don't have the number rules in preseason because they have 150 guys on the roster. Yeah, that's what they think everybody <laughs> plays. <laughs> yeah. So um, so this this will be something fun. I mean, just like in baseball, you know they. They kind of um, relaxed the rule a few years ago where all the accessories you wore had to match the team colors. And now right. it doesn't anymore. I mean, you have people like Ronald Acuna wearing yellow on his stuff, <laughs> all that stuff. and Marcelo Zuna with his lime green um, arm sleeve. That just looks <laughs> – it gives them free reign to kind of be them a little bit more. And, for sure. And I'm all for this. And yeah. if you're mad because your favorite player switches number and you just spend $150 on a jersey, well, that's on you. So <laughs> that's, that's definitely on them. He, he, I'm, I'm adding myself with that one. That's right. And, and you know, I mean, every time you get a jersey – there's the risk of that player either getting traded or changing their number. It's oh, always yeah. going to happen, and it always has. I mean, I remember when I was a kid when Kobe switched from 8 to 24, and people were so weirded out about that because what about my number 8 jersey I just bought? And, da, 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 da. and, and you know, people nowadays freaking out about DJ Moore switching from 12 to 2 when they just got a DJ Moore jersey for Christmas. Yep. Sorry, now just rip that number 1 off and you got a fresh <laughs> So most of y'all are screen printed anyway, so just peel it off. It'll so be just, just peel it off. You, you won't even know the difference. <laughs> That's right. It'll be a little off center, but nobody will care. It just like it looks like those uh, knockoff ones that come directly from the ships in China. Oh my so. goodness, the ones that are like Carolina blue or like teal or something aren't, yep. even, aren't even Panther blue. Yep, that's right. We uh, oh, a little side story, but that the I always enjoy. And you know, if if that's what you get and that's what you want to pay for for a jersey, that's fine. You know, I have no reservations for that at all about getting those cheap knockoffs. But <laughs> it's it's so funny the huge imperfections that come on those jerseys. Because oh, even at the game in Atlanta on Saturday, you know, I had I, I bought a cheap majestic jersey that you know they used to be the sponsor for MLB yeah. baseball, and I just I bought a blank jersey, which is you know another perk. You know, my jersey yeah. will never get traded because there's no number on the back. <laughs> 
but but mine looks almost similar to what they have on on the field. You know, as yeah. it's a good replica. But then you see people walking around with the ones that you can tell they bought off bootleg sites, where oh, the sure. where the A is a little crooked, or the the uh, the tomahawk is three feet below the Atlanta script <laughs> or something like that. It just it, it, it trips me out. And I I even remember when uh, the Hornets came back as a team, and you know it was really hard to find their jerseys at first. And the easiest way you could tell what was a knockoff and what was a real one. The knockoffs, because you remember the old, the, the, the horse jersey they had when they came back had the pinstripes down the side. You remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And it had like the teal, Carolina blue, and purple down the side. Right. Well, on the knockoffs, where the Carolina blue should be, it was yellow, like Indiana Pacers oh yellow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, didn't even, no, no, not even close. So what? I remember that I remember me and my uncle went to the very first game that the Hornets came back as against the Bucks, and there were so many people with these knockoff Hornets jerseys that had a oh yellow stripe down the side, and I was like, if I got that, I would be so mad. Heck yeah, man! Like I, I bet they paid like twenty bucks for it, but still. oh yeah, twenty bucks well spent. But I would have ripped that yellow stitching off so fast. <laughs> So, what yeah, in the world? so yeah, the only the only bad thing about this is you know jersey jersey sales probably will plummet because people are scared to buy jerseys now. But do like I did with my Braves jersey and just buy one without a number on it. It's cheaper, <laughs> it's cheaper, it's and it's yeah. safer. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> That's true, man. That's true. You'll never have to worry about it being traded, like you said. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, let, let's keep the the good momentum going and switch sports and go to the NBA. Uh, we got the NBA playoffs going on right now. We have some games going on as we speak. And speaking of, there was a big, huge typo on Google <laughs> right before we hit record that, according to Google, about 30 minutes ago, the Brooklyn Nets were beating the Celtics 71 to nothing. I don't know if that's been changed <laughs> yet or not. But if that's the case, um, we're in a world of hurt with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Good Lord. Yes, we are. But they ended up winning 130 to 108. So it was oh, wow. close to 71 to nothing. <laughs> well, that tremendous comeback for the uh, the Celtics. Of course, yeah, exactly, man. Score. Good Lord. They went on a huge run. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But, you know, so so as of right now, um, as I'm refreshing the page, um, Brooklyn is up two games to nothing on Boston now. Um, we uh, have, let's see, Utah and Memphis going on. And I believe, as it's, excuse me, it's, it's refreshing and, you know, Cody, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to edit this out. I'm just going to keep it raw and honest, okay? <laughs> so we got Utah up. Uh, no, excuse me. Got Memphis, Memphis up. Well, yep. One nothing over Utah. Which you know, Utah finished with the best record in the league. I think it was what, what 52 and 20 this year, something like that. Yeah. So that's that's surprising to see Memphis up. Um, you got yeah. the Clippers and and the Mavericks going up against each other. I think that series. And the series below that, Denver and Portland, I think both of those could easily go seven games. Oh, easily. I agree with that. Um, sometimes Denver and Portland are basically the same team. And, Honestly, uh, I feel like they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, even their role players play the exact yeah. same. They're, they, have the same uh, they have the same, like, white foreign uh, backup point guard. Yeah. And they got, like, I, I feel like Aaron Gordon plays for both teams. I don't even know if that's possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. And, you know, with Dallas up one nothing on the Clippers, too, you know, if, if the Clippers don't get to the Western Conference semis this year, that, that, that's that got to start raising some questions about what's going on with that team. Oh, yeah. And I think Kawhi's gone if they don't. Because oh, yeah. he's he had the option, I think, at the end of this year, or maybe his contract's up at the end of this year. I think he, I think he might be wanting out. Yeah. I mean, that something – if for that team to look so good on paper – 
and to and to when they lose, lose the way they do. Something's not right in that locker room. Oh yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't add up one bit. Oh yeah, I agree with that. And then uh, the other matchup in the Western Conference is Phoenix and the Lakers, and Phoenix has that up one to nothing right now. Um, I do see where they're playing tonight as of Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I don't have that score in front of me, but um, I'm sure that it'll you know be updated by the time this comes out on Thursday. Yeah, I think they tip at ten. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it's a little bit oh my goodness. about oh, five minutes. Yeah, so I, w- I won't be I won't be staying nope. up for that. <laughs> that's for sure. Me neither. <laughs> um, but hopefully, and this is just me being biased. Hopefully, that's a uh, four to nothing sweep for the Suns. That would um, be nice, especially <laughs> after what happened with LeBron on the court on Game One, which was oh just goodness, utterly man. hilarious in in and of itself. I'm not going to explain that on here. I'm going to let y'all go do your own research and. <laughs> You know, don't take my word for it. You go learn that yourself. I was about to say, go, um, go look at it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, crossing a few time zones over to the Eastern Conference, we got the uh, Philadelphia 76ers playing against the Wizards. Uh, Philly's up uh, one to nothing in that right now. Um, then we got the Knicks in Atlanta. Atlanta played amazing against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden the other night. Trey Young even hushed a sellout crowd in, in Madison Square Garden, which was hilarious to see. Um, Atlanta's up one nothing in that series. Uh, Milwaukee is surprisingly up two to nothing on the Heat. I know the Heat's a six seed, but uh, mm-hmm. the Heat's always tough in the playoffs. Period. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, Milwaukee put a whooping on them last night. They beat them at like thirty-five, I believe. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it was only a couple weeks ago that Cody and I were at the Hornets game when they played Milwaukee, and you know that was right about the time the Hornets were about to get uh, LaMelo back and maybe get some momentum. Unfortunately, you know, that didn't work out <laughs> at all. But seeing that Bucks team play, oh, my gosh, dude. You, I mean, that was just a whole different breed of, oh, of, of a team. And, and and not only Giannis. I mean, Giannis played good, don't get me wrong. But Drew, Drew Holiday. and Chris Middleton. Yeah, dude, those guys are amazing. You know, people oh, yeah. freaked out when Chris Middleton got absolutely paid in the offseason, but he shows it every single night why he should be an all-star and why why he is making bank in the league right oh, 100%, now. 100%, man. I mean, he goes out – he's a walking – I mean, he'll give you 20, 25 a night easily. And he, yeah. he can he can hit it from three, mid-range, play defense, create, and he can do a little bit of everything. And, you, and you know, and you never hear anything else from him. He just goes there and balls out and he's done. And, I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure he talks smack on the court. I mean, if you're an NBA basketball player, you get into a little smack talks as part of the game. But you never hear of any kind of, you know, post-whistle antics, anything from Chris Milton. Nope. He just goes there and balls and leaves. I mean, that's just oh, yeah. really cool. That's all awesome. game do the talking. And then, and then like I said, uh, Brooklyn's up 2 nothing on Boston. <laughs> who Boston and Washington were the teams that got in via the play-in. Um, we knew Boston would eventually – get in but they would you know it would be pretty tough for them into the playoffs just because of the way the injuries have been and just because the style of play they've had this year um going back over to the western conference you know phoenix had to be a little bit agitated that they got the two seed in the playoffs first time they made the playoffs in who knows how long probably since like steve nash and amari and uh and they had to play the lakers (laughs) what a terrible draw but i mean hey they they won game one and well, hopefully Chris Paul isn't too badly injured. He can, he can right. still make a difference in the series. Exactly. But this is, you know, this is ramping up to make a make a pretty pretty good playoff run for all these teams. And with it starting a little bit earlier, I think you'll have a little bit more people watching and tuning in, uh, just because it's something different, a little bit of change of pace, and it's almost like a like a sprint to the finish before they get to the Olympics too. 
Um, oh, yeah. so, so that'll be fun to watch. And Thank I you. think I think I'll take the time to get back into it now that I've got the bad taste of how the Hornet season ended <laughs> out, of, <laughs> out of my mouth because that was a very, very big disappointment for sure. Yes, yes, just laying a complete egg in the in the play-in game. But it'll it'll be nice that for Lamelo to get a full off season. Um, I think the Hornets. I mean, I think that the sky's the limit for them. Uh, hopefully, Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, um, and uh, it'll, it'll be interesting also to see what they do with Terry Rozier because I feel like next year he could be a decent trade piece because he's in a contract year. Um, but I'm not Mitch Kupchak, so I have right. no authority to speak on that. <laughs> yeah, and and I think right now we're set to uh, have like an eight percent chance for the number one pick. If I, I might be mistaken, I think we'll I think we're set as like the eleventh pick or something like that, with a small chance of getting the number one pick. But we beat the odds last year and ended up getting Lamelo Ball. So I, yeah. you know, you know my my faith <laughs> my faith in the lottery lottery system has kind of been you know ramped up a little bit better than it was in years past so we'll see and you know who knows if we bring back Malik Monk because you know he mentioned in an interview that he'll he'll come back as long as he's wanted he just wants to go somewhere where he's wanted and that would be a bummer if we let him go but if we did that would open up to even more minutes for Terry Brazier and things like that so we'll see plus Brego they picked up Brego's option as of Tuesday today so he'll, he'll, he'll be back. So and, and I think I think that's a good thing. You know, give him, give him one more year. And if if it don't get it done, who knows? But I mean, we've been yep. through so many coaches in Charlotte. I don't see why not. You can't give Borrego at least one more year. Oh yeah, for sure. Make make next season be a make it or break it kind of year for him. And hopefully, hopefully he'll make it. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. For sure. We'll get into our last story before we close out the show today. And I'm glad you want to mention this too because I. I hadn't thought of it, and it's one of those things that, you know, my personal opinion should be talked about more. It's college baseball. You know, oh, college yeah. baseball is such an exciting sport. You know, I saw a little rant on Twitter today, and, and if I had more time in my busy day-to-day, I probably would have joined in on the rant. But <laughs> and, and this is kind of a story before the story. But the ACC baseball tournament is being played in Charlotte this week. Mm-hmm. It's at the Knight Stadium, downtown, uptown Charlotte, whatever you want to call it. Beautiful ballpark. Yep. One of the most – Beautiful views at a ballpark that you'll ever see. And you can't get it on TV anywhere unless you yeah. have Bali Sports. You know, yeah. you know what What in the world is ACC Network <laughs> made for if you can't watch the ACC can't. baseball tournament on their channel? But oh, yeah. that's beside the point. Whoever is in charge of broadcasting college baseball, you can do so much better. And people oh, will watch it because the easily. excitement around the college baseball World Series could be easily had throughout the whole season if they would just broadcast it better. Oh yeah, they do a terrible job of broadcasting, marketing, and like making sure people know like what's happening and everything. I mean, the only the only way you can really keep up with it is if you're on top of it or if you're following your team on Twitter or Facebook or something. Because I mean, honestly, man, there'll be times this year where I'd be like, I know Charlotte's playing, but I don't, I, I can't find it anywhere, and like I'd have to go try to look back through Twitter to see where they're playing and get a link to be able to listen to it on the radio or something, man. But it's. That's the that's the one thing because college baseball is exciting as you said and I mean I I personally like I don't know man I've tried to get into keeping up with it, the MLB and everything but it's just so long man and like I I love playoff baseball I think playoff baseball is one of the best things just like playoff hockey but college baseball I feel like it's a lot easier for at least myself to keep up with right um, but they just don't do a good job of making it accessible <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and and this is this is case in point why I haven't thought about it but I mean. 
you you bring it up and segue to it. You know, the Charlotte 49ers are a serious contender for the College World Series this year, mm-hmm. and yep. more than they have ever been. And you know, I I loved going to their games when I was a student there. Oh yeah. You know, I I loved to have I've loved keeping up with Wingate baseball as I've worked there, especially through Cody, who has been a manager with them for four years, and now is going to go to school there in the fall and be like their their stat their statistician statistician to keep up with analytics and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's he's all into it, and he would probably agree, and he's probably listening to us right now and just keeps going, "Yep, uh huh, sure, uh huh, yeah, exactly," <laughs> disagreeing with us one hundred percent. That college baseball should be kept up with more because oh, yeah. if it was, I think this whole area, especially around the Charlotte area, would oh, be would all one hundred percent dialed into what's happening with the Charlotte Forty Nineers right now. Hundred percent. They man. they were doubted so much in the off season, which I mean <laughs> would come with territory of being the t- the program that they've have been, but yeah. they have lit the college baseball world on fire, and they're they're hosting the, the one of the regionals this weekend. Isn't that right? So the um, Conference USA tournament is this. It starts tomorrow and it goes through Sunday. Um, but they are right now in line to be one of the regional hosts when the tournament starts. I think next week. So they would be um, one of the regional hosts. And from what I saw, is the projection right now is for them to be the one seed in the regional and for them to have uh, NC State, Campbell, and one other school that's in either North or South Carolina in their regional. Which I think that would be. That'd be pretty big for them to, to host a regional because I think the top 20 seeds host a regional or something, right. something like that. That would be phenomenal. And talk about the ticket sales. I mean, we yeah, I talked about how I was in Atlanta and there was a full crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked it up. There was right over 40,000 people at the, at the Braves oh, wow. in Atlanta. You know, and so just think about the, the crowd that could, could draw hosting the region, um, college baseball regional in Charlotte, whether that's at their park on campus or whether that's at the Knight Stadium or you got the, the stadium up in Kannapolis, the Cannonballer Stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so many good ballparks around the area where they could host the regionals and have such a good crowd come and enjoy those games. Heck, yeah, man. They definitely could. I mean, they got a good team. I mean, they have they have one of their players. Uh, he won Conference USA Player and Freshman of the Year. Um, so it looks like they've got a bright future ahead too. And I just wish that, and I hope that people continue to rally around them for years to come. Um, I feel like their coach, Robert Woodard has done a great job this year. He actually played at Carolina, which is really cool. I remember watching him, um, pitch when I was Mm -hmm. a little kid going to Carolina baseball games. I mean, this state has so many good college baseball programs. I mean, ECU is always good. Campbell is always good. Carolina state Charlotte historically has been decent the last seven to eight years they haven't been great but it's so it's really good to see them um you know get some new life in there and actually contend for a college world series and that'd be awesome if they could make it man oh yeah and, really and uh woodard also is from charlotte he uh went to my oh, right. park too so it's even cooler right. to see a hometown guy coaching the hometown team and hosting yeah. hosting the regional potentially in in the hometown too so that's heck, that's heck awesome yeah, man yeah, go uh, Niners. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely on that. And, and that's another thing about college baseball is that you have these teams that, you know, the other sports are decent, but they're not, you know, they don't get much attention. But then they, 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 they in baseball, they just come out of nowhere. You like, oh, like yeah. Charlotte, like a few years ago, Coastal Carolina winning Coastal the whole Carolina. thing, you know. Yep. Um, then you have teams like I remember one time seeing like, Texas Baptist in the College World Series yes. and things like that, and because I just I think how it's, it's just wide open in college oh, baseball, yeah. and 100%. and and that goes right along with the game of baseball. Anybody can yeah. win in any given day in baseball. 100%, you can, you can be on it one hundred percent, or you can be 
just struggling so bad that you can't even swing right, you know? (laughs) So then that's just the game of baseball. And so that's what makes, you know, that's what makes baseball so exciting is that you don't know what's going to happen on any any given day and you don't know who's going to win on any given day. So that, so if you haven't been paying attention to college baseball, I suggest you do because it is getting that time of year anyway, where it's going to ramp up. It's going to be on your TV more. And if you watch it more, enjoy it more, Maybe the networks will see that, and they'll have it on more throughout the regular show sure. as well. I was about to say, support, supporting it is the best way to get it out there even more. That's right. So just con- continue to watch it if you can. Listen to it. I mean, on the radio, I've listened to a lot of Charlotte games this year. Um, do whatever you can just to get it that exposure, and hopefully, it can be on some some big networks for just regular season games sometime in the next few years, which would be really nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would absolutely love that. And, you know, moving on to, to North Point uh, in the fall, I will miss riding by the uh, the wing at baseball stadium and seeing them practice and seeing them jam out. They Every time they practice, they have music blaring. It's just cool <laughs> cool to watch them practice. Yeah, and, they and have a good time. Oh, yeah. they, they The wing at, uh, and I think Cody's already talked about it on here in the weeks past, but wing it actually won the, the, the SAC uh, conference yeah. championship. And uh, the, I, I believe they're in line to host part of the – D2 uh, tournament yeah. too. So that, that'll be awesome to see. That's awesome. For sure. Heck so, yeah. but yeah, so y'all, that's our show. Um, we'll close out like we always have uh, this season with uh, our minor league baseball team of the week. And uh, this one um, f- for the first time in a while has no connection to any team we talked about um, <laughs> in the show so far. Um, uh, Parrish actually helped me pick this team because he said he has a buddy that plays for him. Uh, this the minor league baseball team of the week this week is the Spokane Indians. Um, they're a minor league baseball team located in Spokane Valley. It's a um, suburb of Spokane, Washington. Um, they are um, members of the High A West, and they are the High High A affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. So, uh, who's your buddy that plays for him, Parrish? Yeah, his name's Trent Fennel. He uh, we went to high school together, and uh, he was drafted by the Rockies in 2018. Um, and he spent some time, good Lord, he's been all over their minor, their farm system, man. He actually just got uh, called up to the Indians, I think, good Lord, it's been in the last few weeks. So he hasn't been there long, but uh, it's cool to see him stick with it as long as he has. And, I mean, he's he seems to be doing well, hopefully. Um, his ERA is a little high, um, but he's only played, he's only appeared in eight games, but he struck out 10. So that's, oh, that's sweet. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but is, so he's a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher? He's a relief pitcher. Okay. So, you, well, yeah, you, you, it's hard to judge those ERAs hard, for relief, yeah. relief, relief pitchers just because they, they pitched so short. It's, it's those ground ball percentages and that's OPS that you have to really look at because oh, yeah. I remember there was, uh, I think it was, uh, Mentor AJ Mentor came in for the game for the Braves on Saturday, and where we were sitting, you couldn't see the big giant jumbotron that had like the pictures of them and stuff, but we could see the uh-huh. big scoreboard that had like the stats of them all on there. And when he came in, his OPS, which is usually good around probably five or six hundred, um, hit his was at 1.2. <laughs> so, so I was like, I looked, I looked at Greg, I said, Oh boy, here we go. So, <laughs> buckle up, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, so, um so yeah, they they um they've been with the Rockies starting this year. Um, this is the first year that the Spokane Indians have been affiliated with the Rockies ever, ever since the uh, minor league re- realignments and things they've done. But they they've been all over the place. They started out actually 
as an affiliate for the Brooklyn Dodgers in 47, oh, which is wow. really cool to see. Um, they've been with the Phillies after that, the Dodgers for almost 20 years, uh, the Rangers, the Brewers, the Mariners, the California Angels, um, San Diego Padres, Kansas City Royals, back with the Rangers for 17 years, and now with the Colorado Rockies. So, but they they so they're a very uh, storied franchise, especially being around since the Brooklyn Dodgers, um, which is really cool to see. That's they have crazy. twelve twelve league titles and eighteen division titles, which is really cool. Um, they used to be the Spokane Hawks. Uh, they were the Spokane Smoke Eaters, whatever that was. The, uh, <laughs> I don't know the, what that is. <laughs> the the Blue Stockings, the Bunch gras- Grassers, one word, and Bunch Grassers, two words. So they just kind of went all over the place. So I guess when you've been around that long, you're, you know, it's probably obvious that you're going to change your name a few times for sure. Um, <laughs> but now they, they've settled on the name Spokane Indians because of the Spokane tribe that was up in that area of the, of the country. So that's, that's pretty cool. I always like that's teams good, that have historically motivated uh, mascots and things like for that. For sure. For so, sure. And it looks like their mascot is a little, was it a, I can't tell from what I'm looking at. Is it a baseball with sunglasses, or am I looking at that wrong? Or let's see. I'm, I, the, I'm looking. I haven't seen a picture of him yet. Let me let me look him up while we have him. Hold on just a second. Because I'm looking at Trent's profile, and from his picture, it looks like. But that's a really small logo, so I cannot even tell. Or maybe I'm just going crazy, and that's not it. <laughs> That might be um, that might be the Rocky Mountain Vibes logo. Um, oh, I have think, sunglasses. Yep, you're on. right. Yep, you're 100 yes. right. Cause... Yeah. So they, I, I believe they probably were used to be affiliated with the Rockies, and the Rocky that's Mountain true. Vibes logo is a uh, is a s'more with sunglasses. So that is that, awesome. <laughs> that's one of the cooler logos in minor league baseball that I would love to have a hat of theirs one day. That is so, so sweet, yeah. man. They, Holy cow! I, I believe they were our very first um, our, yep, baseball our, team of the week. So they are I remember, cool. I remember y'all mentioning them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So yeah, absolutely, man. So, but that's our show, y'all. Y'all have a great. Um, rest of your week. Um, Parrish, thanks for joining on the pod today, man. For sure, man. Thank you for having me, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Cody, and, uh, is, uh, he was glad to, to, to know that I wouldn't be riding solo. Because <laughs> I, I always do better when I have somebody to, to talk to. So I, I really appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you for having me, man. And um, I'm glad I was able to, able to be here. It was a good time. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So that's our show, y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week. And, uh, yeah, um, enjoy the sports this weekend and tell somebody about Jesus. Bye.